Do you love human design, but sometimes feel off-put by the gatekeeping and culty vibes? We did too. Here at Human Design Hot Topics, we encourage breaking the human design rules and experimenting for yourself. Take what resonates and leave the rest. We will be sharing the controversial pieces of human design, as well as challenging our guests to spill their guts. All right. Hi, friends. Hello. Welcome to Human Design Hot Topics. I'm Rebecca. I'm here with my co-host, Janelle. And we have a super special, amazing dream guest today, not to be dramatic, um, <laughs> but when we first started this podcast journey together, we made a list of dream guests and she was like the first one. We're like, oh my gosh, if we could actually have a Stop, conversation. you guys. No, I'm me up being already. For I'm being for real. And so, <laughs> so we are absolutely thrilled to invite Vanessa Henry to come chat with us. If you, for some reason, have not heard of her, she is a 6-2 ego manifester. She does an amazing job at uh, talking about the variables and making it very accessible for us, which has been amazing for us. So we are super grateful for you to be here today. Thank you, Vanessa. Welcome. <laughs> I get so embarrassed when someone introduces me because I don't know what they're going to say. And then I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Like, I don't, don't get me wrong. I feed on it, but I'm just like, oh my goodness. What are we, what are we chatting about today? What are we getting into from the mental projector perspective? <laughs> well, I know we're going to chat about some environment today with the variables. Yes. And, and then perhaps we'll see where that goes. Um, we're Janelle just excited I... that you, that you have this information available because a lot of times this stuff is kind of gate kept the variable mm -hmm. information. And so we like the way that you share it openly and easily for people to understand. I'm especially loving your series that you've been doing lately about like the environment in different places, home. like in your home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, that one has been really cool. And I think it's just really relatable. And a lot of times yeah. the variable information is not presented in a relatable manner or you have to pay for it. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I kind of have. Um, a different philosophy, I think, emerging around variable, but specifically environment. I love the variable system because I have a story of being unwell as a kid. And it's the variable area in human design that's like a little bit below the surface. You do have to know the basics. You've got to know your type, your strategy, your authority, your profile, how the centers work. Like it's good to have that baseline. And then it's presented once you're comfortable there making your decisions if you scratch below the surface, you're going to start to learn how to actually deeply care for yourself. So I was always very, very drawn to that. Any study I was in before human design, I kind of ping focus on that because I was unwell. So my greater motivation is to understand that area kind of for myself. But if we're looking at even my variable orientation, I'm quite left-facing. There's a lot of focused, active, strategic energy, but my one right-facing variable is environment. And even though I love the variable system, I definitely focus on environment and I try to do most of my disseminating content where I'm breaking things down and explaining specifically on that, because I think that's where we can really start to actually experiment. Like if you're not feeling well, look to your environment. To me, it's always comes back to your environment. And that's why the mental projector is so interesting to me because of how particularly sensitive you are to environment. Mm -hmm. And when we think about the um, 
the right, any right facing variable that you may have, you're somewhat vulnerable there. Not that it's weaker or bad, but you are susceptible to the company you keep or what's around you or surrounding you. For example, if you're quad right, like you're very vulnerable to the types of relationships you have, because those are the ones who are going to pull you, pull your depths out of you. So I kind of, I, I have a little story. I like to say, like, if you have this depth capacity, let's say from A to Z, but you're surrounding yourself with people who are a C or a D, you, that's all that's going to come out of you, that depth. But then you go and you meet somebody who takes you to like an M depth. Whoa, I didn't even know this was in me. It's not going to come out of you if you don't, if you aren't really selective with who's around you there. So for my one right-facing variable, it's environment. And I really feel that I've started to kind of develop personal theses around um, perhaps we are the ones who make each other sick as somebody who was a cancer patient as a child. One of the first things I was told is we don't know why this happens. It could be environmental. So at that time, to me, that was like, oh, I'm living too close to power lines or I, you know what I mean? Like you think environmental right. and you, you don't realize your people are environmental. And once I got to human design, it started carving out all this peace inside about what had happened to me, how I understand environment, how I think it can actually be this playful, playful tactile thing we play with. That's why I started the HD at home series, mm -hmm. which is just this is not classic human design. And I like to say that I definitely borrow some feng shui principles because that's a study I come from before, mm -hmm. but both are referencing the Chinese I Ching. So it's quite complimentary. And it's astounding to me how empowering it is when I share that kind of information, because when I tell you, oh, you're a mountains person, try setting up your room this way. A lot of people are, who are mountains are like, oh my gosh, I'm already doing some of these things, affirming, affirming, affirming them, you know, mm -hmm. reminding them how brilliant they are. So I've been monologuing here for a while, excusez-moi, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think, I think the variable, my other philosophy around this, that I, I think environment could potentially be an entry point into human design. I don't know that it needs to be as deep as it is. I feel it can be translated in a way that just allures you enough to then inquire and learn more. Of course, you want to give like information of like how important the birth time is and that this can change. But if you're not going super deep, like into the tones, the color that you calculate is likely correct. You know, it's whatever birth time you have, of course, it could be a few minutes, your birth time could be a few minutes off and your environment could change, but people don't even need to know their birth time. You could read through the environments and just have a moment to self-inquire, which one am I connecting with? Mm -hmm. And in theory, that could be enough. It could be enough just to get you realizing, wow, I'm in relationship with the space outside me. Really, that's the wider teaching, I think. So lately, I have been wondering if that can be done, if environment can be done in a way that it becomes part of the basic information, oh, that it becomes that. one of the things that we immediately start talking about because ultimately people who come to human design want to feel well, you know, yes. they're, they're realizing they're, they maybe want to expand their awareness or they're realizing they haven't felt good. They've already begun this process of awareness. And then when you begin to study variable, you're really just understanding what your process of awareness is. And it doesn't necessarily begin with what you put in your mouth, 
which is the determination variable. We're so diet obsessed. Like what I eat, what do I eat? Um, there's nothing available to eat and be ingesting in life. If you're not in a healthy environment, if you're not in a supportive environment. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love I'll that. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll no, stop. We're almost like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, that's, I love that. I, I, I do think the way that you share the environment information is very digestible and doesn't really need any other human design knowledge to preclude it at all. I agree. So I, I agree. love that you are presenting it this way. Because when you first, when I first got into human design five years ago, variable was something that you don't even look at that. You're not ready. You're very discouraged from looking at it. Yes. Yes. From even even like seeing what it is or even caring about it because you need to follow your SNA for a million years. Seven years. (laughs) And it's just like, why? (laughs) I I think, I think I can understand why we're guided that way because it's so deep and complex in there. It's easy to lose yourself. And Mm -hmm. when we start to understand that we make mountains out of molehills and stuff, like when we start to understand that, like, I guess, you know, when you start to study variable and you start to see this variety of depths in the individual, you can see that some people don't have the capacity for some things and other people do. Some people, like we have this wide range of what is healthy for us to take in and what is not healthy for us to take in. And I can see how variable might be intimidating information that you could easily get confused. And yet people are so drawn there. Mm -hmm. People are so drawn there. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if it could be done in a way that makes it more available and more accessible, which is kind of what I started to dedicate my professional study to. Yeah, Yeah. I thought, I thought it was, um, it's, but, but, but openly, I don't know the entire human design type of system. Like I'm not educated in BG five, which I think sounds very cool, which is kind of like the more business side. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't follow the transits because I don't want to necessarily get hyper fixated on the changes, but I love to see what, how others translate that. I really just wanted to find my little area that was of interest to me and then just focus and kind of Mm -hmm. go there. I don't know how the dream realm and dream charts work that, you know, like, so I don't claim to be this master of the entire system, but I like that area. And I think the way that it is translated is can be very robotic sounding because when you first start learning the human design system, well, actually I want to just say, I don't always view it as a system per se, but a language. And I find when you view human design as a language, it suddenly becomes important to use the actual words rather than change them to make it more approachable for others, because it shows you can speak the language. And then as the study grows, there's more people you can speak this language with. But if you don't speak the language, it sounds like robotic and doesn't make sense. And it's kind of off-putting. So Mm -hmm. I get that. And I think in some of my earlier years in the study, I was so fixated on how bad it sounded as a high sound person. Like I didn't like the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to adjust the language. And I see now kind of in my six line process, how that was maybe helpful, but maybe at times did more harm than good. It's valuable. Let's say I'm wanting to learn French because French is a language. I'm not going to go speak to a French person and make up words to try to speak French with them. You know, I'm going to try and learn French. Um, So I think it's valuable to learn the language of strategy, authority, cognition, Mm -hmm. tonal resonance. I totally get that. It's just that 
Um, when we start translating this particular area, it sounds like this strict, I don't know, there's something about it to me that was off-putting. Mm -hmm. And I felt we really missed the metaphorical, philosophical depths of that area. For mm -hmm. example, we would translate determination. Oh, you're an appetite person. Oh, you're an um, open taste person. Well, you can only eat these kinds of things and you can mm -hmm. only eat those kinds of things all while missing a huge step, which is what does it mean to eat? What does it mean to consume? What does it mean to ingest? You eat so much more than food mm -hmm. and the language of like, we consume content now that's very helpful because it helps us see, oh yeah, I'm taking in something that I'm not actually putting in my mouth and yet I'm consuming it. So what are my activities I'm consuming? What are my shows I'm consuming? What music am I consuming? What fashion? And it just opens us up to think differently about it. And so I started translating from that perspective and I really started de-emphasizing things like food, things mm -hmm. like, you know, like how you would actually, even though that's, that's not that that information is incorrect per se, but it's not approachable for the other because we're, our culture is diet obsessed. Our culture is food yes. obsessed. So how can we actually ask the better question of what does it mean to eat now? Mm -hmm. We eat so much more. That's so oh, interesting that's because I, I'm alternating appetite and I never connected with the food part of it. And you don't connect with the, particularly with what the open taste yeah, with the food, food part, aspect. So, but like the information part, and like for her, the discernment part, we both kind of understand. Like, I do better when I ingest in information like one at a time. Like, I can move to, through different things, but I, when I'm ingesting information, it's hard for me to multitask. But when I eat food, I want all of it. Like, I want all the ingredients, I want everything mixed together. <laughs> and I'm a big, like, I eat a lot of food and I like a lot of different types of food. I love to cook and bake. And so that part really, when I read that, I was like, I don't like this. And I think I looked at it in, a, in, a, in perhaps not the best way because, and I kind of ignored variable after that, all of them, because that of one course. just kind How of could was you not? like- You were repelled. But then now, when, like I reference my survival view all the time. Um, I reference caves all the time, even though, I don't know. If I ever had to be in a literal cave, I don't think I would enjoy it simply because it smells, I think. <laughs> And like the air would feel like that feels like, I don't know, that feels like, wow, but I, so I, funny I get the though. caves parts. Your caves with the tonal resonance of smell beneath it. Mm -hmm. she, told me, she told me this yesterday. I was like, or the other day I was like, what? And she goes, do you have anything with smells? And I'm like, oh yeah, I hate, like, I can tell you, I can list all the smells I don't like, like a million of them. Powerful. Hat smell. Ooh. Mm. Oh yeah. Nope. Oh yeah. Rough, but like, I have rough. a really weird, and my husband is always like, how do you smell that? And I was like, you don't smell, you don't smell that. And he doesn't. And I just thought I always had a really good sense of smell. I have like a big nose too. So I was like, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but, but it's funny that you say that, but the most, the worst smell for me is like air that is not fresh or circulating or light, like I can feel like heavy air. And to me, that's what a cave mm -hmm. is. And I was freaked out when I, I was like, I can't be in a cave, but I get it now. It's more about safety and coziness and I'm selective caves and I hate people in our apartment. And my husband is blended caves and he does not care if people mm -hmm. come in and out. I'm yeah. like, Hey, who is this? Get out. Like what's happening? How long are you here? Please leave. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
and it mm-hmm. helped me a ton with that open taste because I just have a weird thing of like I forget to eat all the time but when I think about studying with all my one lines right like I'll crave learning something like I've I need to understand this thing and I just don't feel satiated until I get to the bottom of something and so when I think about it that way and sometimes like when I listen to you you'll sneak in these like taste moments in your phrasing and I'm like oh that makes sense language language well I wonder if you would both indulge me then I would I know we're we're, we love environment but just based on what I'm hearing I'd love an opportunity to translate um both of your determination colors uh, the the appetite and the taste just so that we (laughs) Janelle's gone Janelle's like bye (laughs) Janelle Um, just died she's like this is my dream just so (laughs) that just because we were talking a lot about the concept of ingesting and you both have said it was repelling. So if you're both saying that, that is definitely something that other people feel your mental projectors. I know I have felt that. I know I had felt repelled by that. And I need motivation with an undertone of action, which means like what's missing, what is necessary here and how can I break it down? So for me, it's very fun. So I hope you'll indulge me. Oh my God. Um, yep. I'll, I'll start with Janelle because Janelle's the first color. Losing your mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? You go to, you know, gassing me up. I'm like, I'm here for it. Okay. Pump up this ego, whatever. Um, okay. Being somebody who's an alternating appetite. The first thing I want to say to you, since I went into this study, um, and because there was this huge emphasis on leftness and rightness, mm-hmm. uh, this binary concept, I started to really not resonate with that. And I saw how I was over-translating leftness and rightness in the beginning. And around this time of study, the language of being non-binary started to come into my sphere. And this was not language I had when I was a kid. And I had always kind of felt a little dissonance with the female form that I was inhabiting and really felt like a little boy or felt really masculine. And then once I started studying variable and seeing that, I started to translate in a non-binary way. I started to identify as somebody who's non-binary, even though I fully recognize I have a female form. It just felt like this, I don't think that we need to translate any of the system through leftness and rightness. I think that actually limits us, Mm -hmm. um, but we don't have any other concepts to, you know, that's just how we understand the world. But we are already inching towards, like, we know there's more than being right or wrong, or there's multiple truths or you know, so we're already collectively expanding beyond the binary. So I thought I'm going to really emphasize the color and translate the color and de-emphasize whether you're an active or um, passive appetite person. Okay. So we're an appetite color, Janelle. Yes. So we know that, um, your body has a kind of voracious way of wanting to consume things sometimes, but if this is a first color, you're, it's the most primitive. So the system can be easily overloaded. So too much change in the life is just, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it's just so dysregulating. You might have these times when you're consuming, 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 consuming. And then somebody comes and switches it up. Whoa, it's destabilizing. Let's say you had something going on with your health and you went to the doctor and the doctor was like, we're going to try this, this, and this, we're try these three things, see what works. That would be so overwhelming to your body. It's like, no, no. Can we change one thing at a time? You know? So when we think about this from the the perspective of food, like I'm going to eat one thing on my plate and then I have to have a grape and then I have, it's so like, what the fuck? Like, it's just, it's not accessible. 
<laughs> yep. It's, it's intimidating and it doesn't actually, I don't think it actually helps you. So when we look at how this might affect other things in the life, it then starts to help you see how it might affect your food. So think about introducing any changes into the whole life slowly. Mm -hmm. And one thing at a time, I know it's like, oh, but I like to mix my ingredients together, but you want to just make changes in this way that really respects your body and that your body is sensitive. And you know that I don't have to tell you that you're like, yeah, I'm fucking sensitive, but the, (laughs) the ingredients of life need to be simple. So sometimes a really luxurious ingredient is holding your partner's hand, going for a walk. Like you don't need all these things. Like it's like, no, let's just, or let's just spend time together. Mm -hmm. So it gives you this opportunity to evaluate what are the simple things in life that really feed me? Is it my morning yoga routine? Is it my book before bed? Like what are the simple things to me? Forget about food. Mm -hmm. What are the simple things I'm participating in that make me feel nourished? What are the simple things I'm participating in that make me, make my body feel safe and well? And then you think about like, you're also a caves person. So this is a body that really, like you really want to be in control of how things come to you. And if you're not, that can be dysregulating, that can be destabilizing, that can cause the body to have all these kinds of symptoms and the body's kind of screaming to you. So this might even affect your fashion, right? simple. I want to wear simple. I don't want too many bells and whistles. It's unnecessary. It's too much. Like Mm -hmm. it's a nice, beautiful, simple lifestyle, which doesn't mean boring. Simple to me is highly luxurious, you know, Mm -hmm. highly luxurious. Like the, the quality of the ingredient matters so much rather than how much of it per se, like, Mm -hmm. is this really high quality information? Is this really high quality fabrics? is this really a high quality person that I trust? And I just want to add in, you have that, that tonal resonance of smell in your cave, which is really on a, a, like what your body's doing when with at the tone and the environment level, it's kind of giving your body these signs to let you know what you resonate with and don't resonate with. So all of a sudden you might go into a space and it, you might have a literal odor that comes up. Like I don't like this smell but sometimes it's odorless. This is really just about a keen instinct that flashes through the body. That's like, I don't trust whatever this is. It's mm-hmm. I, I can smell where it's been. I I'm tracing it. I don't like that. And you don't like, think of like anybody who's a splenic um, authority. They don't necessarily know why their body isn't liking it. They just have this alarm almost type of feeling. And that's connected to the um, the, uh, the splenic binary, excuse me, which the, the nose is going to do, you're going to all of a sudden be like, something's, something smells off, something mm-hmm. smells sour here, or, oh, this smells so sweet. And there's a lot in your design. That's about keeping your body safe. And so you have to be a little bit disciplined and strict with what you're allowing to have around you, what your surroundings are and what you're allowing to put in your body. Think of how that would affect you sexually. If I don't feel safe, if, if this isn't a high quality body part you're inserting in me, like, do you know, honestly though, like yeah. it's, it's going to everything about what you are ingesting, what you are consuming needs to be somewhat simple, luxurious, according to what your luxurious standard is. Um, I would say slow living or something is slow living, like that pace that, that, that you determine So anytime we hear any of these things, you know, you have the potential for going the opposite for doing 
everything, 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 fast, 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 fast. And then that will just make you feel destabilized. So as soon as you recognize, wow, I'm, I'm going too fast or I'm doing too much, you know, it helps you just to kind of make the choice then that overrides you like that. Okay. I'm dysregulated. I'm not feeling good, or I feel sick today because of what I did yesterday or whatever that kind of case may be. It gives you permission to love yourself a little better, to reparent yourself, you know, in the ways that you weren't necessarily able to receive when you were a kid, which, you know, I don't know, there's been some mom comments. So just going to do a (laughs) tiny push there, not get too too much into that. Rebecca knows very well. I have a, I don't really think about my past to really pay attention. I don't remember a lot of things and I don't, think that it would be possible for me to remember those things, even though I'm sure it is, I would rather just not go there most of the time. Um, and she's been a big proponent of. Don't so do you need that. to control how she has access to you as what I'm hearing my mom. Yeah. Oh, well she's dead. So yeah, I control that now, but I control that now she says, <laughs> well, before I have a control, I just like to be in control and I have a problem trusting. I just want to do things myself. It's I- healthy for you. I just want to affirm that that's healthy for you. And you should follow that. Oh my God, you know? That's so weird. <laughs> I've always taught myself, you need to let go. You need to, you don't have control. Like motivation, innocence. Woo! And then- oh girl. Okay. <laughs> that per- your, your, your personality, your personality and the way you are aware, sure. Innocence and, and you're going to go your own way and you have no agenda but your body, this is, these are two parts of you and the body is scared. You know, Mm -hmm. the body has had these experiences that make it feel some kind of way. And it is very loving to, to have boundaries, to have discipline and to be strict with that. And I'm sorry that you are made to feel like you have to let everybody in and but because I, I actually just want to say, I think that has the potential to make you unwell or overload you. And also everything we know about the mental projector, how selective you must be with who your sounding board is for you, who your mm-hmm. safe people are that you can kind of go to, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to someone who's not safe and your alarms are going off, we don't trust this person, something smells off here, and you're not listening to that, you're not accessing your cognitive intelligence. Your body knows what's best for it you know, but we mm-hmm. think we have override with our personality. Yeah. We've got to do something else. She's laughing. It's, it's crazy to me because it's like, it's so funny. Cause I always think about like how I can let go of control and just trust the universe. But that feels, like, <laughs> well, Janelle, you, you can, in a way that. you you can do that <laughs> in a way, but, but when it comes to your home, your body, yeah. It can feel quite good to be in control, quite oh, yeah. good to be in control of what you put inside you or what you have around you. So maybe mm-hmm. a fun experiment could just be, I'm going to have a season where I'm just going to let myself control the things I want to control. I'm not going to have that voice in my head telling me to let go because what you might find is as you regulate that body and as you let the body have the things around it that it wants, mm-hmm. you might find that you're unburdened in a way because you're not so destabilized and you're able to go in this new direction that you didn't necessarily have an agenda for. And here I am. Wow. All because I was taking care of my body. Yeah. I never you really know? think about my body because it doesn't really, I don't really have any like my stomach doesn't bother me. Nothing really, but bo- I have overuse injuries in almost every joint, but I don't really think about that. 
I don't know why. She's like, nothing's wrong with me, but then she's like, I every joint hurts. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I yep. do, yeah. but it's fine. I'm used to it. Like, so I, like I've normal. been. That's my normal. My body hurts. It's my normal. Yeah. Been, but I don't think about it. I've had several surgeries suggested to me by doctors, but I can't because I can't be out of work that long. But I don't know. I don't think about those things as. You also have a six know. line. You're a three six profile. Hey. Yeah. The body is going to go through that journey, right? And the change and the, what's, what's been your six line experience with your body? No, I don't think about it. I've always liked, I've always been pretty, like, like I said, I've never felt, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, growing up, I was always quiet and shy and I never really wanted people to pay attention to me, but that was mostly because I didn't want them to hear me. Um, I never, why, really... why didn't you, why did you not want them to hear you? because I, nothing I had to say was important. And I grew up in, both my parents were alcoholics. So it was just, I was going to say, who taught you that it was just Mm -hmm. easier to keep things like to just not rock the boat. And I thought the easiest way to do that was just to not, to be quiet and to not mess, like just leave everything the way that it was and to take on as much responsibility as I could so that I felt like I was controlling some, this is my life. I need to control something in order to feel well. But I'm also seeing there's a survival view there. And what I'm hearing is I was in a very unsafe environment. Very much. And I'm a caves person. So immediately I have chills. That's my sign when I'm where I need to be. Um, I was meant to be immersed in a space that made me feel safe. And now I have to contend with on my roof process that likely my entire life phase wasn't safe. And I didn't, I don't know what that, means. So now I'm entering into a process of discovering innocently what that might look like for me. And what I'm learning is when I control certain things, it makes me feel safe because I was in a very uncontrolled environment. That's not a cave, Janelle, right? That's like Mm -hmm. the opposite of a cave. So it becomes your learning ground. And when we see you're a three, six, it's like, okay, I can understand why her story started there and what she's going to have to kind of learn about herself but then hearing if you take on this excess amount of responsibility, you're a kid, you didn't have to do that, yeah. but you did to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. So now kind of in this roof process, there is some contending, some reflecting, like, look, you don't even want to look back. I don't even want to look at these things. And you have, it doesn't like, feel six, relevant at all to me. You have this, the 64 activation in your head, you know, which sometimes this can be about looking to the past to understand I, I sometimes have a hard time and it, but it's unconscious you know so but like <laughs> I, I I sometimes um find I only really learn the lesson once I look back and evaluate and see like I didn't deserve that to happen to me I was just little I didn't know I that's not what I needed and now how do I feel knowing I didn't have what I needed am I less than am I and that's just all that we have to kind of sit with I, I really think the roof process Going on the roof is healing the inner child. And I'm starting to think that coming off the roof is then healing the inner parent, should you choose to become a parent. Because becoming a parent, you feel so guilty all the time. And when you become the grandparent, so it's, it seems like these cycles of, of healing, but only if we're willing to look back, like only if we're willing to actually look at what happened to us. And when I see this body that has, you know, needing all this safety, and then I hear about it wasn't in this safe environment to me. That sounds like that's what we're sitting with. That's what we're unpacking. And that's what we're going to heal for ourselves by really understanding what makes me feel safe, really understanding what, what I want to be in control of and not in control of, like, you don't have to control everything, 
you know? Mm-hmm. And now, and now Janelle, the parents, it sounds like, I don't know both parents, but I heard one parent isn't here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not able to go and consciously repair that relationship. What I have is what I have. I too have lost a parent. And I, I, I think about that, you know, I only, for me, I lost a parent as a child. And so I only have the child's perspective of my dad. I don't really know who he was from the adult perspective. Mm-hmm. So I feel a little bit limited or you get stories, you know, but his story was so shaping to my story. It's so, it, we're so conditioned by whatever that environment is, you know? And when we see your, your, you have a, you have a lot of right variables, Janelle, but oh, I know <laughs> your, your cave, your cave wants to bring out. Left. And yeah. It, it, it's like, I want to, I want to be activated. And I want to, if you, if you think about how this might affect you in business, like controlling how clients reach you or how people access you, not letting people necessarily into your DMS or comments, like whatever, wherever you want people to come to you, you should be in control of that because it's the most loving thing you could do for your body kind of thing crazy because me I'm like everybody come to me right now and I think that's just like I'm just afraid that if I don't if that doesn't happen then nothing's going to happen you know just kind of hold yourself that that's how you feel right okay this is how I'm feeling and that that's what's so beautiful about this study and that we have this culture of experimenting because I can put myself into a little seasonal experiment where I'm going to I'm going to try the opposite and just see how it goes Mm -hmm. just going to see how it goes and if it doesn't then I'm done the next season. I'm going back to what I was doing. That feels comfortable as a third line. (laughs) We're we're only ready when we're ready. Right. But I I like that we can experiment. Like I like that we can bravely courageously try new things for the sake of the experiment. And depending on how it goes, we can make our kind of decisions then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pivot to the taste. I'm going to pivot to Rebecca's taste here. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Rebecca's taste, Rebecca's taste. So, okay. Th- this one out of all the colors, whenever I see on the body side that there is a second color or a second tone, I'm immediately like, this is a very, very sensitive individual who is particularly sensitive to the freshness of something and the taste color, whether you're open or closed, this is very much about, um, having a, um, a pace of life that allows you to move away from things once they've gone stale. So you'll need to have developed the capacity to recognize when something has expired. Think about how this might affect you in your relationships that you ingest, keeping people around you when the relationship has gone stale, continuing to ingest their knowledge or experiences. It's literally going to make you unwell. Think about if you're in a project that's no longer feeling good. It's like, like this hasn't felt good, but I've, I've got to do it for this reason or that reason. And you are continuing to ingest something that has expired. You're eating bad food. Mm. You're eating something that's been left out. And it's like, ah, no, I don't. uh, uh." So there's this aspect of freshness that the second color needs, but you also need to determine when something's gone stale. So you need to kind of have these, these, uh, I call them palate cleanses. Um, I'm a taste, uh, cognition. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit different how it shakes out, but there's definitely similarities and how I notice it affects me is I, I live my life in according to these seasons, but a season may or may not mirror earth seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, your seasons, if you look back on your life, you know, I'm a fan of that, Janelle. if we look back, look at, you know, when look at a time in your life, I surrounded myself with these types of people. My fashion was this, my career was this, and now I'm not there. Okay. That was a season of life. Mm -hmm. So seasons could be more than a few months. The seasons could be a couple of years, could be a couple of weeks. 
And I find that whenever I'm changing season, there's a one to three week window where nothing tastes good. I'm almost feeling kind of sicky. I'm bored of my shows. I don't know what I want to eat. So I kind of go to these bland foods. And I wasn't aware of this in my younger years, only when I really actively started experimenting with this. And so now I can come to recognize, oh, I'm getting bored of this. Okay, but it's not tasting good. There's all this permission to just move away from it. I don't have to continue ingesting it because if I do, it will likely make me unwell. And the body is like pretty good at, like I got a gag reflex. Like I'm like, no, I don't want this. But but it's not just food, right? It's it's our fashion. I don't want to wear this shirt anymore. I'm so sick of it. Or I hate this underwear now or this bathing suit sucks or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And why, why it's very beautiful to get in touch with that is because like, let's say I like my little autumn pumpkin spice latte, basic B energy. I'm like, ooh, all the pumpkin things are coming. I don't want that in the spring. I don't even want right. that in the summer, but I, I love it in the fall. Then I move away from it and I can look forward to it returning. So when you start to move away from relationships that feel stale, it's like bowing to their energy and bowing to your energy and saying, we don't, we're not good right now, but I trust if I move away and have some space from this, it might come back around. We might find each other again. So for Mm -hmm. me, that brings me a lot of peace in knowing I don't, I don't have to have all these people around me because I'm so concerned with taking care of them or whatever the story is that I'm telling myself. So you might have these times when you like things a lot. And then you don't, and that will affect you kind of across a lot of areas in life, not necessarily just what you're putting in your mouth, but because you're sensitive to things like this, it's so important to be selective and to know that when you're selective, you're refining your palate. So no, I don't like that. Why? I don't know. Doesn't matter why I don't like that person, that show, that song, that style. What matters is I like this one and to really let yourself pick those things, select those things, pick your favorites. For example, we might go to fall and you're like, I don't like the pumpkin spice latte, but I love all the apple flavor things coming out. That's my thing, you know, and just allow yourself to do that. And sometimes you might need to try things to know if you like it or not, but sometimes you might not like, sometimes you're like, that's not for me. Like, I just know that's not for me, but it's going to really depend on what's available to you. Like if your preferences aren't even available, we're in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're like, I don't even know what I like, well, then we got to be trying things. But if we're not in the right environment, there's nothing available to eat yet. So that's why I think it always comes back to environment. Like, especially when we're wanting to nourish ourselves and be well, you've got to look at where you're placed in the world. That's where your whole story is going to unfold. And even if you're ever feeling like you can't think or you're overwhelmed or you've lost perspective the perspective variable, our personality and the environment variable, our body are connected through link nodes. So Mm -hmm. if you can't see or think, or you lost perspective, get in your environment, it all comes back to environment. And I would imagine for people with design, like you guys have, that would be amplified. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca, that freshness is going to be so key, but I'm interested out of all the things I threw at you, what kind of grabbed you the most? Well, the freshness aspect really makes sense when I think back on relationships and that stale kind of feeling because, well, I'm a single mom and Mm -hmm. I remember the ending of my relationship with the kid's dad and it honestly took me a long time to get over. And sometimes, of course, like 
he still pops up in my dreams. And I'm like, really? Can you leave me alone? But there was kind of this staleness. And then I think part of it kind of hurts me where I feel a little bad because I have the three line as well, where I'm like, am I even like, should I even present myself as an option for a relationship? Because I'm just going to leave this person. Like, that's the story that pops in my head. And it's not, it's, (laughs) is, is that, I'd like to challenge you. Is that absolutely true? Well, no. Okay. (laughs) She's like, no, because no. I, I was, like, can see, no. you're not leaving <laughs> me. So, <laughs> but I can see like part of it though, that makes me excited is like, really, I know that when I'm, if I were to find the right person, when I'm around the right person, it's not that it's leaving. It's like, oh, well, this aspect of our relationship has gone stale. Like this totally. aspect of our relationship is not working. So we need to break the bond here. We need to update, like, this is what I would need, whatever. Perfect language. Perfect and language. Just, yeah. And that's really my vision. And I was like, I've, I've, always wanted a partner I told you all this all the time I'm like where's my person well wait 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 wait. where's my person Janelle where's my person but then just a few moments before she was telling herself this narrative like I can't be with anybody long term even though that's really what I want I'm always going to leave them where's Mm -hmm. my person well Mm -hmm. there's no there they can't come in Mm -hmm. they're not allowed they're not allowed Oh yeah, no, I take full responsibility for that, especially the past couple of years. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm doing this. I know it. But Aww, it's like I've never heard you say that. I had that you think that that you don't want to let somebody in because you know as a third line and all your other stuff that you're just gonna be like, you know, I'm not sure I've said it out loud or really fully You've acknowledged it to, to myself me. until now. So well, I think that's an important thing. Uh, but I do know, like I shut it off. Janelle is bawling, ago. by the way. Janelle's <laughs> yes, bawling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love That's that happening. character. <laughs> Love that character trait. Well, this is like my best, one of my best and closest, most important people in my life. So you're going to feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rebecca, I noticed that your birth time is coming up at 1645. And so right away mm-hmm. to me, that just sends an alarm to me. Anytime I see a birth time ending in a zero or a five, of course that could possibly be your birth time, but there is also a chance that it could be rounded. And then I do see you have some third and fourth tones Mm -hmm. and those are highly mutative. And so if the birth time changes by a few minutes going earlier or later, there's a chance. She's done this. There's a chance that some of the variable can flip. (laughs) Um, But what strikes me with the birth time that we have right now is there's a a double outer vision on, Mm -hmm. on the body side. Um, Do you feel connected with that? Very much, yeah. Connected with that. So to me, that's this ability to really kind of see how things would come together. But the way things look are really important. And this Mm -hmm. extends beyond like, it's going to matter what my partner looks like. I've got to be attracted. They've got to be visually stimulating to me. But also, how does this look if I'm with this person in my life? You know, that's another layer of it. How's this going to look? if I partner with them, how's this going to look if I'm friends with them? How's this going to look if I'm participating in that ritual? And if I'm not able to see the vision or how it all comes together, it's not for me. I don't kind of resonate with it, but being this Valley's environment and who you plug into is really important for you. Who are my sources of energy as a mental projector? The partner, of course you might want a partner and you're a parent. And so you know, like this all makes total sense. Like you're allowed to want what you want. If you take anything away from this conversation with me, I hope you take away whatever you want, you can have, and you're allowed to want what you want. Ego. Okay. Sorry, but let's just get that on the table. But having that valley 
and cross a rulership. Like who you plug into matters, but you will have to plug in Mm -hmm. and to not plug into the relationships that feel good for you or look good or, or have the vision that you want. You're not charging, you know, and while it's important to discharge when we don't feel good to things, when we have to move away from things, we still do need to plug in to our sources that make us feel full and recognize when we feel empty, you know, and then if we're feeling empty, admit that, you know, Mm -hmm. and then once we admit that and kind of move into that acceptance, we then can kind of open ourselves up to make the connections that feel good for us that we want to have. I'm fully confident if you're like, I want to have a a deep, passionate love, that that's available to you. You just have to let yourself want it. Yeah, that's, that's the key. And it's, (laughs) Um, and the environment aspect, that's something I've really been uh, struggling with. It may not be the right word, but I moved back home a few years ago for the okay. schools for my kids and to be close to my parents. Like I was a full-time single mom by myself with the kids in Little Rock, Arkansas. I loved a lot. a lot of it, but I was tired. And so like, I want to come back here, but this is a very like conservative Christian, white upper middle class type vibe. And I'm mm-hmm. just becoming less and less that. And I don't really have a space like in aura where I'm really feeling that recognition. And then it's interesting too, when my kids leave, I've started to really pay attention. Like by the end of the weekend, when they're with their dad, I'm like a blob. Like, of course. And so it's just been interesting observing that and trying to figure out, well, where can I go? So I would try to find like, I would do like little part-time jobs somewhere to like be around people. <laughs> I would love to move to Colorado. Uh, At this point, Mm -hmm. like my youngest is 16. So I have two more years till he graduates. I'm not going to move him anywhere yet. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to like find my environments here Mm -hmm, for the next mm -hmm. two years. But I'm like itching. Like as soon (laughs) I've already told them, I'm like, as soon as you graduate, I'm going to go somewhere. And they're like, cool, do it. (laughs) Is there anywhere that calls you? Um, right now is literally just, I just have the urge to travel. Like, I just want to go, go places for like a year. Um, and just, I see this in valleys people. Like they, they have, sometimes it's a nomadic energy. Sometimes they need to take a season, which that could be cool for you. Actually, a season of just going to this other type of place, really plugging into the culture or something. Um, I'm not sure if you follow Amy Lee, um, love her. She's a great Valley's example, five, one emotional projector. She recently did these travels through Europe and I was watching her like a hawk. Mm -hmm. And I noticed how she would, um, she seemed to look more herself. Like she, she wasn't in her homeland of Australia. She was over traveling. She was consuming like the pasta in Italy or whatever it was, all the art, all the music, like all this. And it was feeding her. You could just see this, like she, it was exuding something else. And so I was very interested in what was going to happen when she went back to Australia, you know, cause I was like, Whoa, where was she supposed to be? Not that I can even make that judgment call. You know what I mean? Only she can mm-hmm. make that judgment call, but Valley's people are sensitive to the frequencies and amounts around them. So how frequently am I doing this? How much of this before I've had enough of you, I'm full up, I'm full up. I've had enough, or I'm feeling empty. 
And it's sounding like you're getting very tuned into that, but you had to be like kind of plugged in on the ground in that environment for your kids. Right. And you, you've that, this is why the, and, and you might not even be able to move them to a new place because it matters where their other parent is. You know, it's not so easy to be like, I'm out of here when, when we have, we start building families. So it makes sense to me that you're like, I'm going to wait till my children are this age, but then where do I want to be? What do I want to plug into? Where do I want to be on the ground? You know, mm-hmm. where do I want to have my ear to the ground? Where do I want to, what kind of cultures do I want to plug into? And it's okay if you don't know that, like you might need to go get a taste for some things mm-hmm. for a bit, you know, just based on your determination, you might need to ingest a couple things before you even know, but who knows what happens? You might all of a sudden be this, have these, this few seasons of living nomadically. You might be doing some Airbnb things for a bit where you're like, I'm this season, I'm here. And this season I'm called here. And this season I'm called here. And then once you've gone through that whole process, only then might you go, you know what? I felt so good there. And I want to go back there again. And I might want to actually plant there a little bit more. When I look at the, your perspective and your motivation variable, your motivation is cyclical. So you're not always motivated in this concentrated way, or even this periodic way. You really do need to have this time when things go around and come around. Like I I hear people say things like, I keep seeing this, like, oh my God, like, when am I going to learn this? Well, maybe you're just in your process. You know, if you really have this judgment sense in your motivation, you need to take something in, move away from it, take it. You need to have a lot of life experience on a particular subject before you're even ready to cast your judgment, cast your assessment on what that thing is. Mm -hmm. But something else I see with judgment sense is when we bite our tongue and we don't cast our judgment, it can make us really unwell, you know? So when the opportunities present themselves to you, where you feel you have enough experience. I've seen this enough times. I've felt this way enough times. And someone comes before you to draw that out of you, let it come out of you. Feel free to cast your assessment, make your judgment call. And it's not saying that you have to be like, fuck you. That sucks. I hate that. Although maybe that is how that comes out, (laughs) but it's really just about being like, that's not for me. I don't like that. And I don't have to. And once I'm clear on that, I'm going to be more well, because I'm not going to continue to ingest that. I'm not going to continue to surround myself Uh with that. What's that bringing up for you? That's just so interesting because I have bit my tongue for most of my life. It's really not until this past year where I've started to say more. And it's, and even just recently, like in the past month or two, where stuff has come out of my mouth and I'm like, I never would have stood up for myself in this way or communicated this boundary or shared this, this thing, um, and it like, here I am standing in this and being okay with it. But so Rebecca, on the one hand, let's not beat ourselves up about that there. Perhaps this was only when you accumulated enough life experience to be able to actually make your cast your assessment. You only felt healthy enough or full enough to actually do that. So don't beat yourself up. Like my whole life, I've been biting my tongue. Maybe you were just doing what you had to do to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself alive, to take care of your family. And now you're in this space where you feel like it can come out. So I hope you don't take that on as like, I was doing all these things that were bad. Perhaps that's just where you were in your, in your cycle. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. We landed. Thank you. Oh my we gosh. Landed. That was so awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. And like your 1156 <laughs> needs stories, Rebecca. 
that's the only thing we got, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. so weird for me because I don't like traveling. It's like makes Capes. me un- uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah. But lately I've been talking about, and I've told this to Rebecca, I've been putting out there that I might want to go to certain things and I'll be like, Hey, Sean, I want to go to this human design conference and I can't afford it. And I don't know if I even can go logistically, but I just say it out loud and then, great, and then it keeps coming back. I found a hundred dollar bill in the bottom of my closet this morning and I'm like, okay fun cool cool guys thanks i wish i wish i found hundred dollar bills in my a lot of my conditioning is around money she knows like i i don't i'm very frugal and money freaks me out okay like yesterday she literally was like maybe if four hundred dollars just randomly shows up i can go to this i said a thousand quarter of way there (laughs) no i'm a tenth of the way there i said a thousand but still a hundred dollar bill is kind of like (laughs) yes (laughs) I think a so, big thing that, that you're both showing me and that I'm hearing is we're allowed to want what we want, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and how do we feel guilty or shameful or like, we're not allowed to want the things that we want. But once we just give voice, like, like, um, I'd love to share a personal story about this when I was kind of learning just about my ego wants, um, because any projector who's trying to guide me is like, connect to your want. What is your want? And like, I don't I think I know, but you know, (laughs) and, um, I was standing in my closet a couple of years ago and I was looking at my clothes and I heard myself say, I just want soft clothes. And I had this other voice swoop in the six line part of me, you know, that was like, some people don't even have clothes and this is what you're caring about. And I was like, Whoa, (laughs) Whoa, I just want soft clothes. Like I, so it was this very, I find my, my second line and my wants and desires are often very simple and kind of innocent. Like I just want a soft t-shirt to wear, but then there was this other part of me swooping in. Like, that's not good enough. People are watching. you got to buy the shirt from the ethically sourced place. And it can't be from this place. It was all these rules coming in that what, what was happening was totally discouraging me and deflating my wants. I was like feeling bad about what I was wanting. Mm -hmm. And I just started to kind of dial up the awareness as I was hearing more and more people say their wants, but it was almost like under their breath, they would override it. I just want this, but you know, I know I got it, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, well, hold on. What was that want that I heard? Mm -hmm. And it's like, we don't fully let our wants take up space sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny to me because like, that is really a thing I think that can guide us in like, we want to experience things. Or in my case, I want soft clothes because it made me feel good in my body. Well, I want to feel good in my body. So I'm always surprised that, you know, when I talk to people and I don't, like, I, I feel, I get a little bit nervous about the ego sometimes because in human design, we hear so much about this is what is the most distorted on our planet mm-hmm. and everybody's ego is unhealthy and ego death. I'm like, Ego's oh God, bad. That's yeah. so violent. That's so, the, the, and from my perspective, the ego adores you. It's here to take care of you. It wants to protect you. And mm-hmm. while sometimes it might put things in place to protect you that ultimately start limiting you, like it's trying to keep you safe, but you've outgrown that and you need to kind of let that go. It's loving you. It's adoring you. It's wanting to protect mm-hmm. you. And if we would view it that way, I don't think I'd ever want to kill that part of me. You know, I don't Absolutely. ever want to experience any kind of ego death in that way. And so I kind of find that language to be a little bit unnecessarily violent and almost missing the point, mm-hmm. you know, 
the ego is, is, is here to kind of help the material part of you. And if we didn't have that, well, there might be a lot, a huge lack of safety. We might be taken advantage of bulldozed. So what does a healthy ego frequency look like? I think personally, it's hugely about respect and self-respect and respecting others and taking accountability for yourself, not blaming our parents for what happened to us, not blaming our partners or blaming those people or the blame energy. It's, it's about what is my responsibility and what am I able to take accountability for? That's hugely empowering because then you realize Mm -hmm. Chanel, I'm in control, you know? I'm in control of my life. I shouldn't say that at all. You're I'm in control of my life. And although there may be things that go on around me that I'm not in control of, I'm always in control of how I choose to react to that, how I choose to move forward after experiencing that thing. I recognize I can't control the cosmos and I can't control how other people behave, but I can always control how I react or respond or behave based on what they're showing me. And I, I think that's the most respectful thing to do, just bow to the other and, and bow to yourself. Like um, what would be the most respectful way forward here? And I, I think that's probably what needs to be healed the most in the ego frequency on our planet is respecting one another, which comes back to respecting ourselves. Cause so many of us disrespect ourselves and don't take accountability and responsibility for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. And I'm going to say, I really appreciate this perspective because I think the ego, especially the ego center in human design is one that I tend to get jealous of because I'm like, well, Ooh. I don't have it. <laughs> and I, I, I said this to Travis too. Like sometimes I have to unfollow my defined heart people. Like there's a while where I couldn't follow you or Travis. Cause I'll get, I'll just get kind of jealous. And I think Activated. it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like why are the, or, or I'll like start, I'll find myself start trying to copy like, oh, well, Vanessa's doing this. So maybe I could like, I could do that. Like, wait, hold on. (laughs) So it's, it's really interesting. So I just, I just appreciate that perspective. Thank you. Yeah. Rebecca, I just want to circle back and affirm you for a moment because we just learned that you're very sensitive to who you plug into and what content you consume and to kind of take in and how much of it. And also that you need to move away from things to be well. So the fact that you're like, oh, I have to unfollow um, anybody with sort of ego definition sometimes sounds so healthy for you. I only Mm -hmm. want to encourage you to keep doing that. When you deduce that somebody is feeling like I've had too much of this, or it's making me not feel good, or it's making me feel jealous or anything like that. Ah, my body's showing me something I want, but it's starting to not feel good. So I'm going to unplug. I'm going to move away for a season or two. And then I might circle back if it feels right. Like that to me is so self-respectful that you're doing that. You don't have to feel bad about like, Oh, God. like, no, I think you're, I think you're operating in a way that's actually very in touch with what's healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that too. Cause sometimes it's weird for me. Cause I'm like, I really appreciate this person. Like I love your, I love your work. I love your perspective. It's helped me so much but I can't follow right now. And so it's just been weird for me, but uh, it has helped a lot. So I'm very strict with that. And also threads has come out now. And I noticed I follow (laughs) different people on threads than I do on Instagram because some people I don't want to take in, let's say a visual content that they're making, but then I, and I love how they think and write. And I've loved that I've had the opportunity for a different kind of medium, if that makes sense. And it's, it's showing me, I like different aspects of different people. And Mm -hmm. 
these are kind of different little expressions and ways that I can consume things. And sometimes I don't want to even go on Instagram or I don't want to go on threads or I don't want to go on YouTube or whatever it is. These are just kind of like different aspects of self almost. Mm -hmm. Or for me, like I use them really as creative outlets. Um, Mm -hmm. I sometimes really just need to express or, or go away, but like, I need somewhere to put the thing. And so now it's like, where does this belong? Where would be fun? Like, I don't know where it belongs. Let's see. Let's try it. Let's try some things and let's discover what happens. Sample it a bit. Threads yeah. is I like, I'm intrigued, but I, it gives me the vibe that I'm back in high school where like everybody else knows how to behave in this behave in this group. And I'm on the outside, like Nobody knows how to behave there. Everything everybody's doing, they're going to absolutely cringe and regret in three years. You know what I mean? And that's what's charming about it. It overwhelms me. I can't even, I tried it. And I, as I'm looking at stuff, I'm like, why do I care? Why are you telling me this? I don't care about this. And I'll go the next thing. I'm like, I care about this even less. What, who shares this much about their life? I get so like annoyed with it. I've looked at it once and then I'm like, this is stupid. And I'm like, how this do I, so I can't figure out how to get off. But I <laughs> love Instagram. This. I love Instagram in particular. I love people's stories about their lives. Cause I can, Janelle, well, I like to see it, but I don't yeah, like Janelle, if you're like, it. I don't, I don't vibe something with something about threads. Like that's to me, that's your smell sense and your environment. Like oh, just, yeah. that's not for you. I've but, never but been what's... a Twitter person too. And I think it's me the either. same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, something that I've noticed though, I, I follow, or I, I have keen eye on mental projectors. And, um, they're all say similar things about threads. So I'm like, hey. so it's made me actually cautious about going into it as well, because I, I learned through much, so much through observation and the mental projectors that I follow and watch a lot of them took a long time to even join and many joined, but didn't participate, you know, cause it, it's a wow. fucking shit show in there. I'm, it's part of my language, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah. And you never know what you're going to get. And, it, and it's new and exciting. And all the kitchens people are in there messing around right now. So let's just yeah. let them go work it all out. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. that's true. You're totally See, right. My vibe is TikTok. I found success there. Yeah, she's, and she's, that makes visuals sense. though. She's visuals. Exactly. She's got this double visual thing. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can talk to the people. Like I, I answer a lot of uh, comments. People ask me questions. Like it's really helped there and I can go live and chat with people. So yeah, you're doing I, so well there. I love hearing things like this, right? Like this works really well for me. I'm like, oh, I'm not on TikTok. I didn't even touch it. Won't even go there. I was not drawn to it whatsoever. And then you're like, that's where I thrive. It's like, oh my God, right. There's no best outlet. It's mm-hmm. just these options for us to then go try and see which one works for us. Like none, none of them are bad. It's not the algorithm. It's just like, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. how we use it and how we participate with it. It's yeah. So and being being aware that, helps. That you said that thing about change with me because when I find something that I like, I don't like, I'll just do it that way. I've been putting hot topics on YouTube since we started it. And I started my own website two years ago and I've never used the video. And this last recording I did, the girl was like, where's the video going to be? And I was like, I don't don't know. I don't use it. And she goes, well, why don't you just put it on YouTube? And I was like, oh, I do that every, every week for hot topics. And it takes me two seconds and it just, I just have never done it. And so I was like, "Mm, I still do it. So something I do. And yeah. then I realized that it was very easy if I just, it, but the, the change in it of itself, I was like, but I don't, I don't do it. Simple, That's what I do. Simple. One thing at a time, one thing at a time. So yeah. like changing but, it, like today I had to set it up and I was like, okay, now chatting human design is here. And it felt like a big change, even though it's not at all. But and, wait, Janelle, wait, wait, Janelle, wait, 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 wait. It's a huge change for you. 
for you, it's a huge change. Okay. You don't have to do that. I know it's not a big change, but look at, you're showing us that for you and your body, it's feeling like a lot. It, it is a lot for you. That's so <laughs> valid. You don't, especially when we look at your depths, like you do not have to fucking prove anything to anybody else about like, I, can do it. I, I know it's not a lot for you. It's a big deal. Cause it's a change. And yeah. anytime there's a change, it's a big deal. Cause it's going to require you to go learn something new in a way or put yourself out there or just shift out of what makes you feel safe. So for you, it is a big change. I don't want to, okay. yeah, you're I don't right. hear you're it. Right. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like don't, don't feel, cause then we start to, we start to bully ourselves, yeah, you know, right. and it's just not, yeah, it's not necessary for you. It's a big change. Thank cool. You. you did that though. Yeah, cool that you yeah, did that. Yeah, yeah. How, do you, how do you feel now that you've made the change? I, it was, I go, Oh, that was really easy. <laughs> So I'll just keep doing this. Affirmed. Like affirmed. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. It is. It just was funny when she said it. Cause I was like, it's cause I've been doing it for so long. I just was like, mm, I just don't need to do that. And another thing with TikTok, I've tried TikTok and I, I can't do it. It's too hard. Me neither. I don't know why, but she's great at it. And I'm, I'm bow to those people. Yeah. <laughs> me like, too. You are, you got, you're another level for me. Cause I can't right? handle this. Yeah. <laughs> right? No shame. I just can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, I think. This has been wonderful, by the way. Just want to say Thanks. that um, we have, or maybe one or two questions that are. I would, I would love what, that. That are not. I've been, they're not human design questions. Love. I would love anything you're going to throw at me. I'm ready. I'm primed. I'm ready. Yeah. What is one of your biggest pet peeves in life? What is one of my biggest pet peeves in life? It could be right now if that's easier to think about. What is one of my biggest pet peeves right now? Um, something that I'm kind of, maybe, I don't know if it's a, is a pet peeve per se, but here's what came to mind. I, um, I don't feel I always have high quality alone time, especially since becoming a parent. It's like the priority is, make, is the kid and making the kid happy. And then I found making sure my partner has alone time. And then I wasn't necessarily put into that equation and I work from home and my partner works from home. Excuse me, my husband. I'm recently married. I'm still learning I that know. new language. So Congratulations. So beautiful. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. My, my husband is also home. And even though he's in a different room, I feel like I can't show up in the way that I want to because there's a chance he might come in, go to the bathroom or come in and interrupt me. And I notice I don't have the quality of space that I'm wanting, even though I have a door, even though I have like these rules around when I can be accessed, even just hearing that he's in the house with me, mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable doing stories. I, I don't feel comfortable posting certain things. And so it, it's limiting my ability to express myself. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about this recently about like wanting to get him more out of the house. And we, we lived nomadically for a time in 2019 where we, my child was still young. So we bought a motorhome. We traveled Canada and lived in the motorhome. It was this beautiful experience, yeah. but something that was challenging in that is I was, I was doing readings. I was just newly kind of, um, expressing about, I guess I already had something for a little bit, but either way, I, I was not established per se in my new kind of vocation yet. And so I was getting established while being nomadic and they felt like they had to be leaving all the time and like they had to be away doing stuff and they couldn't be there bugging mom, you know? And so now I was like, I don't want them to feel like that. I want them to feel like they can do what they want. Uh. And it has affected me that my alone time isn't quality. And as a hermit, like just being very real about 
what that alone time is, it's not just like leave us alone in the room. It's like get completely out of the environment. And I don't necessarily want to be the one to leave. Like I want to nest. I want to be in my cozy home with my beautiful things and feel good and feel safe. And I want to be here, but then it requires them to kind of get out. So I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of like dreaming in my future. Like I would love to maybe build my own home that has a living room and a family room, like on opposite ends of the house, like a nice sprawling ranch style house, you know, where someone's way over there in the East and I'm over here way in the West and you can't even hear me because I don't want to make my family feel like they have to leave. But I, my pet peeve is that I have quote unquote alone time, but I don't feel like it was actually restorative because it wasn't Mm -hmm. the right quality of alone time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As mental projectors, we totally get that. Totally. Totally. Like you totally. need to have that chance just out of other people's everything, Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and their energy, like from a kind of from like a feng shui perspective, um, their essence is still all over the house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you, my kid isn't there, but he's still everywhere. And mm-hmm. so I have, I have a lot of sort of smoke cleansing rituals or sound cleansing rituals just to kind of neutralize the space mm-hmm. because I find it lingers even when they're gone. So it's like, mm-hmm. I need this process of like neutralizing, ah, then kind of coming back to myself. And I'm surprised how sensitive I am to that, to be honest. I, I, it's interesting. And I wonder if maybe you're realizing that because you're deep, diving so deep into environment and you're totally. realizing how sensitive totally. you are to your environment still, or we all are just in different ways. I yeah. love that. My biggest pet peeve is when people wear their hats wrong on purpose. Like a baseball cap, like, like just sitting on top or like, I live in Colorado. It gets cold. And sometimes people will wear like the beanies, but like really small. And it's just like, I know like those cyclists do that. It's I just want to like ears grab them and be like, mm put it on it dry love that I don't know why and I love accessories and I love outfits so I get it if you're wearing a crazy hat with your outfit great but if you're purposely like dangling it off the side of your head you're not cool bro I don't know why I saw it the other day and I was like Sean this is really bothering me I'm gonna show up send her a picture I'm gonna be a little dinky toque and I'm like (laughs) come on I mean if if it works with your outfit I guess but I don't know it's just not practical. Like it's hats not. are there for a reason. She likes practical. She I likes do. practical. Mm-hmm. I like, especially when, when you're talking about clothes, I do. I'm very like, my clothes are all practical and purposeful. And Sean is like wall of shoes. And like, these are all my shirts. And this is all of this. He's very fashion forward. And I'm just like, how many pockets you're, does it have? <laughs> you have, you have different preferences yet yeah, you're like what my basics. The, the the cave and the appetite can really be about basics yeah too. like and my he's basics sun, he's sungate 22 which i know has like oh, a, a deal with like the way that they look and like the way that they adorn themselves and present themselves so i understand beautiful. that when he adorns himself i'm like yeah you look good <laughs> you look good buddy <laughs> Rebecca, what's what's your what's your pet peeve i was just sitting here trying to think like, I, like I know it. it's kind of a hard, I was like, Oh, my, hmm, huh, yeah, <laughs> I guess people really bug me. I work in a restaurant, so I have a lot <laughs> sampling, sampling, sampling the environment. Yep. Yes. Yes. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why nothing's nothing coming to her. Me. It's okay. Nothing bugs you right now. I'm I sure had to there's... answer. I had to answer. I had to find the thing. 
<laughs> That's true. I'm pushing her. Like, I'm like, yeah. Well, let her think about it because there's well, one more question I had for you, which is you don't have to tell us your whole skincare routine, but you have great skin. And I've noticed this about you in all your videos. I'm so complimented. Thank you so much. Um, I think this is environmental. Really? I'm, um, I'm Shores touch my mm-hmm. environment senses. So I'm a double six in the environment. And, um, when I'm not in a good space, I see it on my skin. Mm-hmm. So before I moved to the Okanagan, I would really break out in my jaw mm-hmm. and, um, was like, Oh, it's, it's maybe polycystic ovary syndrome. It's maybe it's hormonal. And then once I got to the Okanagan, which was just a completely different lifestyle, beach life. Like I didn't even know that was available to me in my life. Cause I, I was from the prairies. Like there's no water here. Yeah. Um, I, the first change was in my skin. And then I started losing a bunch of weight. Um, the way I eat is totally different. I think it is, has to do with like stress, but also something I just started that was very fun on my website. I started an essentials page because I noticed people started asking me like, what's your lipstick you're wearing? What's your skincare? Yeah, what's yeah. your, and I was like, Oh gosh, like feeling so complimented. Like I was like, f- just so feeding. You look my so great in all of your stories and videos. You always look so like fresh. I've started using no filter because I'm like, I want you just to like, this is just who I am. This is what I look like. And there's, and there's so much conversation about that. Like, I like that transparency thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I think a filter is fun. Like I like to put on silly faces and be a goofball. I have a really big silly side, but yeah, there was something, something refreshing about just showing up as yourself. So I just started a little essentials page on my website where I link everything like this, what I'm using now. And then as I move into a new season, it like kind of allows me to change it up because I have such dry skin. So I've had to start using, like I do a serum, then I do a lotion. Then I just oil my face. Like it's crazy. And when I was young, I'm like, oil, oil is going to make me break out. I can't break out. But Mm -hmm. I I really think it's just, it's been about a huge environmental experiment and getting my body into the place it wants to be ingesting the things I want to ingest, make a big difference. But also I think the exuberance and quality of life can come through the skin Mm -hmm. and, um, just, just kind of accepting that experimenting with that, um, finding products that work for me. I don't think it's so much about products, but, but I love a skincare routine. Like I'm a Libra. I love to put on a face mask. I, I love that. You know what I mean? And I, I wear less makeup. Like I, I used to be full face, like, um, foundation concealer. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I just, I wear tinted moisturizer. You do not. I wear t- oh NARS tinted God. moisturizer. And I'm just like, she, she hates me. She hates my guts. Um, <laughs> no, but, I don't. I love you because it's something that I felt like just let my skin. It's so funny. Like it just, it's let my skin come through and I, I get compliments about this now. So thank you. It's affirming to me that like, I don't need to put so much on me. I can be, I don't know, you know, it's well, just, it's, you can tell you wear makeup, but it's so pretty and it's not like garish. Mm-hmm. And so I could tell, I was like, I know she wears makeup, but she's got really good skin. I I'm a Leo skin. rising. So I'm like, let's put on a show. Let's put on a little <laughs> lash. Let's do a little hairdo. No, but it's um, very, like you said, it's very classic and simple and you don't really change it up. So nope. it's like you, which is very yeah. refreshing because people feel like they have to change up their look all the time or we're going to get bored. 
or you're a manifester. So you always got to be different. I, I find that, um, especially in the human design study, people can recognize when something's mine. Like they can tell when I've made it, mm-hmm. they can tell when, you know, so I'm like, I have my own taste. I have my own style. There are certain things I like, and I will move a little bit, but I, I have a way of doing things and, and people can sometimes get very, like get their backup. Let's say if they're impersonated or their design is copied or something. And I kind of take that as a really high compliment, <laughs> like, Ooh, they must've liked what I was doing. And I get, I get, I get a little bit egotistical, I think, because I, I, I'm always like, I can tell that your alignment and your graphic is slightly off. You have, you're not completely aligned here. You didn't do this like this. I know I didn't make that. I, I know I have a way of doing it that you're trying to emulate and you can't. Yeah. So it ends sure. up when I'm, when I'm copied or something, it ends up being this big ego boost. And I usually will take that to kind of go refine my style and create something else or change my appearance or something like that. But it always kind of goes back to these certain basics that I just like. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel then. If that's what I like, that's how I do it. Like I, like even in design, I'm very typography heavy. And I like mm-hmm. that. Like, I, I think the words can be the art. And I think that's a mm-hmm. huge metaphor for life mm-hmm. actually. But, um, I think just as you experiment with your depths, if you have something like any second colors or anything anywhere, you're naturally just going to have more of a taste, more of a style, mm-hmm. more refined that it will become recognizable. I think so. That's I think why I share your stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so boosted. That's why I share that. your stuff is because it looks, it's very aesthetically pleasing. You choose your mm-hmm. words yeah. in a way that hits, but is also easy to digest. Yeah. And, but you're correct. Like the first thing I notice when I share, cause I don't post words. I'm not good at the word posts. I do myself um, video only. And the, I post other people's stuff, but I only post things that I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And consistently your stuff, I'm like, oh, this is pretty. Oh, this makes sense. And it looks pretty. (laughs) I think um, beauty and aesthetics and visuals are so important for the way some of us ingest things. Mm -hmm. I agree. Some of us cannot consume things that are visually unappealing to us. And this is, was a huge kind of issue I had with when I was like, when I came to start studying with human design, I went the Jovian archive route because I don't like the strictness of the system of the International Human Design School. I like to kind of go pick in a very manifester about it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and six line, I teach myself, I want to do it my way. But the presentation was off-putting to me. It's the same with like the Gene Keys or the BG5 stuff. It's like everything is done in Microsoft DOS 1999. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, what? And, and it is a bit repelling to me. So I like to look at it as like the information is so valuable, but it's a little bit hard to ingest simply Mm -hmm. because of what it looks like. So how can I play with the material? How can I treat this as my art form where I get a lot out of, and my, my career began in journalism. I was an art director. So I was in magazine and I was the one responsible for laying out the magazine and how it was going to look. So it's fun for me to assemble art but I want to make sure it's digestible and you can consume it. So that is about the language you use, but also I think the way it looks matters for, mm-hmm. for, for, not for everyone, but when you look at variable, you see, wow, this really does matter. Some people aren't going to ingest something that's not beautiful to them. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Did you think of your pet peeve, Rebecca? I don't want to see. Yes. You. Yes. And I think I realized why I was hiding from myself because um, the one that hit me was not being recognized or like being ignored. Um, 
that's becoming more and more of a pet peeve and maybe because I'm also a Leo rising <laughs> but it's just the, hey girl. yes <laughs> I'm like ready for the stage uh, but it's also like I'm just stepping into the power I'm like I'm like look I'm a one three mental projector I've got good things to say if, if you're ignoring me I need you to go away so that <laughs> other people can hear me <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's um, you and I both get really impatient with that kind of this kind of stuff. But I understand why we are this that way. Is because I feel in general a lot of times projectors like we know we want things to go faster, especially no motor projectors, and it's not supposed to go faster for us. But inherently, in condition from the world, we're like, well, if if it's not moving fast and we're not chugging along, then nothing's happening. And I don't know if this is is necessarily from my own kind of imprinting and my own aura, but when I look at the projector and their relationship with the invitation, because it's not just any invitation, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. they're getting invitations constantly. And it's not just about being recognized. It seems to be from my perspective that the, the, excuse me, the projector really wants to be valued. Like they want to be recognized that as valuable, like as something they have there or they do there is of value to the other. And therefore they are valuable. And I, when I find that they're being recognized, I've seen a lot of projectors be recognized for things that doesn't actually feel good. And as a second line, I kind of relate to that sometimes because being someone who's a natural at things doesn't necessarily mean I like doing it. It means no one stepped up to do this. So I'll do it because it's got to get done and I can figure it out because I'm the natural, but then I'm resenting Mm -hmm. everybody who's like, you're so good at that. It's like, but I fucking hate that. I don't want (laughs) to be doing that. It's just that nobody else is helping me or stepped in. and, And now I'm resentful and I'm feeling bitter and sour towards you for recognizing me for that which then brings it back to like that value piece. And and, and I hear that it could just be about the ego, but I find when you meet the projector as like the valuable individual with the valuable insight that they, they, they respond differently to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Cause it's just now where I'm starting to recognize, like you said, that not, not all invitations, invitations are for us. We have to be discerning about them. I think most aren't for you. I agree. Which is I think it's a way higher <laughs> volume. I think it could be an empowering thing. Like, look at everyone wants me. Look at all these invitations, invites, invites, invites. Which one do I want? Like, you have the power. You don't have, if everyone's inviting you to your party, you can only go to one party. You can't make them all. So which one is the one you want to go to? You know, you power there as the projector. It's like not, the bitterness of no one's inviting me is let me just attune where I'm recognizing, like, I got to just start to recognize the invitation. And as a projector, I have the brilliant capacity to recognize well beyond what everybody else can. So am I recognizing the invitations coming to me and which one, if you're Janelle, one, two, like one at a time, which one so <laughs> makes me feel the most valued yeah respected right comes back to that respect piece that I was kind of honing in mm-hmm, on before mm-hmm. but again I'm not the projector like, I want to multitask but I but I know I'm not supposed to well also alternating right like like having this having this being a, um, a right-facing determination you might need a, a couple simple things that you're yeah yeah that's the pattern mm-hmm. you know yeah that's the pattern I like that yeah. 
Well, I think for me, I was just so thirsty for any kind of recognition in the past. So I would just kind of love like, that language, burn myself out, you know? And yeah. so that's part of where I was talking before, like I had shut down um, dating stuff because I was like, wait, I'm not like, I, I want to fine tune what I actually want here. I'm not trying yes. to jump into whoever smiles at me next. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so I think that's, that's part of it too. Right now, I'm just really tuning in of like, I, I'm finally allowing myself to say, I don't have the energy for everybody. And I'm not going to amplify this anymore. I'm not going to run circles. selective. Selective. Exactly. Selective. Yes. Yeah. So which will yeah. only make you healthier, right? If this isn't feeling good, especially with that Valley, everybody's just so, I love just witnessing people when you, I, I had reached out to you both before, like, could I have your charts before we do this? I, I'd love to be able to meet you at this kind of level. Cause it just allows you to understand the other with so much grace. I feel like it's so permission giving. That's why I just love this area of study in human design. Um, yes. cause once you just like, if, if I didn't know these things about you, I might encourage you a different way. But then mm -hmm. as soon as I hear about how selective it and how good that is for you, and this, this dating app, isn't feeling good. You might revisit another season, but you maybe tasted it and it's not your taste. So now you can go find one that meets your taste. Exactly. Yeah. We were so excited when you watched. We were like, yes, here's here's I your birth information. Oh my God, just gonna look at our charts. Thank you like for doing that. I felt yes. that was so gracious of you guys. I, I just like to when yes. I when I go on a show, I just like to ask for that just because you oh, can we're just, the same. Yeah. yeah. I noticed you did. So yeah, I was like, okay, the, they must be open. I'll reach out. So yeah, because for the same reasons I mean, that you're saying is you can look at people's chart and be like, oh, this is why you're saying this like this. And this yeah, is yeah why, exactly. This is why yes. this thing really hits you is because of totally, this. totally. Yeah. And I just love that. Yeah, I love that. I, know. I do that. And I love hearing your, your 4521 just come out sometimes. I have that resonance there. It's just really fun. So. <laughs> That and channel. Then, hey, that follows me everywhere I go. That stinky little channel. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, and I didn't realize you had the 63.4 before. And so then I saw that and I was like, oh, now I see that everywhere in your content. Like your uh, people, they hear ego manifester. And admittedly, I lead with that, but everybody thinks I'm so tribal, so ego. So th that, that, that channel, the channel of money. And I'm just like, I'm so mental. Yeah, you're up here. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have the channel of logic. And so much of my process begins there. And then once, I, you know, I, I'm split. So there's a little disconnect for me sometimes. And my design is largely collective. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny to me how people will sometimes make me like a poster boy for the ego, you know, and, and I wonder about my contribution to that. And, but I get, I, I shared with you, I get a little bit nervous because that's where we have so much distortion. So sometimes I could take on an excess amount of responsibility to be a healthy example, all while knowing sometimes I'm in an unhealthy space. So, you know, how do I kind of contend with that? But I like to always say, I'm also the channel of logic. <laughs> like I'm also that, yeah, I'm yeah. not just that, that ego to throat. Yeah. That's so cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to ask Rebecca or that you wanted to say, Vanessa? Um, because this no, is I've had the amazing. best time. I've had the best time. I'm and sweating we'll now. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's I'm it's coming up to this time. I go do my other things. I'm all charged up now. But this was like an absolute delight. Thanks for having me on here and letting me kind of look at you in this way and kind of use your charts as examples. I really appreciate that. I understand that that can sometimes feel like a lot coming off my energy. And I try to be selective with my words as <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. So you're both so gracious and for like having me and hosting me. Thank you. I'll come back absolutely anytime. 
Um, yes, anytime. Open invitation yeah. to initiate that. <laughs> I'm like, hi, Janelle, do you need a good cry? I'm coming back. <laughs> yes, I mean, every day, man, every day. Um, but yeah, thank you again. And I really think, and I'm speaking for Rebecca and I now, that the way that you present the variable is so refreshing. And it's something that we've thank you. been really drawn towards, um, especially when we're having this sort of this, this time with human design where we're not sure where it goes and how much of it do we use and what parts and I'm really leaning on the intuitive parts of yeah. my design to decide how to use it and the variable have always been a piece just like you said that I'm like can I just talk about this without talking about the other things because this is of course, something I do. really want to share <laughs> just follow your heart Janelle yeah. just follow yeah. your heart and you I know have what? a hard time if- breaking rules but I know it's yeah. not a rule if if we we everything we're doing we make mistakes constantly and as we continue to proceed through life it's just a matter of using our mistakes as our own examples like look mm-hmm. i used to do this and i and you know it's very self forgiving and it shows other people that they can do that too and that we don't have to be perfect we don't have to have it all right and i know there are politics in the study about the way to do things but at the end of the day this is about getting to know yourself it's about mm-hmm. experimenting and if you're getting every experiment perfect are you really experimenting you know when we lean into that kind of scientist part of us I don't need anybody to come prove my theories wrong. I will do that myself as I continue mm-hmm. on in my study. And it's so personal. I think just being brave enough to try to do the experiment, to make the change all while knowing you're not going to get it perfect the first time. So it takes off the pressure. No matter what, I'm going to make a tiny mess, especially as a six line. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a tiny mess. And then I'll come back and I'll learn from that. And I will make new choices every day based on what I know in the now, not based on what I did before, but as new information comes, how can I make my decisions going forward based on this information around me now? Yeah. We have 16 collective third lines. So we're very familiar with. uh, We love to experiment. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of how we lead. Um, (laughs) Let's throw this out in the world. (laughs) Yeah basically. Um, yeah. So thanks again so much for coming on and I'm sure we'll have you on again and thanks y'all for listening. Um, yeah, we love hot topics. So I hope you do too. Bye y'all. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to rate and review because that helps us help more people. Is there something you want to hear? Let us know your idea might be our next episode.